What is happening? Back with another episode. It has been far too long. Um, I have been very sporadic, to say the least, with keeping up with this podcast um, the last little while. Um, I've got no real reason for it, to be honest. Um, I just felt like I've got to a point where I've done a lot of general topics and content creation for me both on on these podcasts social media it is something that's actual um a challenge for me to come up with new ideas discuss new things that i haven't already or put new spins on it um but regardless it's something that i consider part of the job um it is my job in my eyes to give out more content to help more people um you can't help everyone um that comes into your sort of circle your engagement um so doing little bits and bobs like this extra is something that i consider to be really important and i've said it before and i mean it this time i will be keeping this up uh, i've got a few topics at hand this time uh, i've got people lined up to do podcasts so expect these to come back on a much more regular basis. Um, I I like the idea of every week, that's what I'm gunning for, Um, but there'll be no more long hiatuses, we'll be uh, be keeping this up. So, update on me before we go into it. Uh, I can't imagine there's too many people that listen to this that don't already follow me on social media, but just started another contest prep, um, aiming to compete in April in Scotland, uh, and then I'll be competing in England in May. And then for the first time, not actually said this out on social media yet, but I am aiming to compete in Spain uh, as my last competition. Um, throw, my, throw my hat in with the big boys, um, the best of the best in Europe and the amateur scene. Um, so that's exciting. Um, so just started last week. Um, it's been interesting. Uh, I've lost just a couple of kilograms now. Um, things started a little bit slow. But I feel like we're into the swing of things at this point, uh, and I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, off the back of competing last time, I didn't actually think I would bother again for a while. I was like, I'll just take a longer time off now to grow. Um, but the more I thought about it, I was like, I've almost got a chip on my shoulder that I didn't get as lean as what I wanted to this year. Um, and my main feedback's been get leaner. Get better abs and get leaner. So I've been doing some abs, um, not as much as I should be. <laughs> Don't tell my coach because um, it's boring. But I've been doing some abs uh, and I can absolutely get leaner. The size is there and I already feel like I'm bigger in the sort of three, four months that I had to grow. Um, so I'm coming back for first and nothing but first. Um, that's the goal. Um, but anyway, on to today's topic, which is programming considerations for physique development um and this has been something that it's actually been social media that caught my attention um because to be honest i'm fucking sick of seeing shit programming from um coaches if we can call them that uh, on social media like long gone are the days where three sets of 10 reps or four sets of 12 reps is acceptable um with the information out there, uh, it's, it's not adequate programming. It's so dead basic, generic, that I felt like I had to come on uh, and do a podcast. Uh, so we're kind of freeballing this. I've wrote down a couple of bullet points. Uh, we're going to go through it. Uh, I'm sure it'll flow well, um, but we have to consider, obviously. Uh, when we speak about physique development, this is obviously aimed at people who are interested in just that, developing their physique physique body and that doesn't categorize you like oh i don't have a physique like you've got a body if you want to improve it and you're serious about lifting weights and you're serious about building muscle and creating the most effective body shape you can not just losing weight but actually creating like a a, a nice looking body an aesthetic body then this is the podcast for you um now there's there's some different factors and variables to to consider we have to consider um the training age of the individual 
that we're discussing this about. So uh, I did a podcast previously on like the different training splits, what might be for you. Um, so if you've listened to that, you'll know that the newer into training you are, the um, the more sort of full body split you'd go, uh, as you'll get some lots of gains from that. And then as you advance into things, depending on the amount of availability you have to train, you can dive into things quite specific. Um, so like, for example, you've got your upper lower, you've got full body, you've got push pull legs, those are pretty basic splits. And then for me, someone that can train five days a week to maximize um, my physique for my desired category, competitive category, which is men's physique. Uh, I run, uh, I go pull, I go legs, I go push and arms, I go posterior, which is legs and back, and I go chest and arms again. So a lot of emphasis on bringing up the chest, a lot of emphasis on bringing up arms, back, um, legs some, but my legs aren't out on stage. And as much as I like to train legs, we need to prioritize the upper body, uh, as that is what's in my best interest as a competitive athlete. Uh, so a few of the sort of bullet points I want to go through today that I'll expand upon um, when it comes to optimal programming or programming considerations, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we need to consider frequency. We need to consider volume distribution. We need to consider rep ranges. We need to consider total amount of volume, both that you can handle at maximal load and your minimal effective volume. We've got to consider exercise selection uh, and we can sort of categorize machine and free weights within that. Um, so... Let's tackle rep ranges first. So as I said, three lots of 10, four lots of 12 is, it, it fucking boils my blood when I see it. I'm like, educate yourself on how to program uh, as a coach. Um, it's, just, it's just not okay. Now, don't get me wrong. As a beginner, or if you're just someone that's looking to get in the gym, you don't particularly like it, but you know what's good for you and you're just looking to get active, then yeah, sure, that's okay. Um, but anything more than that, I, I don't believe it's okay. Now, if we're looking at it from an evidence-based perspective, we need to consider um, the data that shows that the hypertrophic response can be found anywhere in rep ranges from as low as 6 to as high as 30. Um, obviously, you get different kinds of fibers within the, the muscle, and I am not clued in enough to get as specific as I'd like to on this, but we have different kinds of muscle twitch fibers. We have fast ones, we have slow ones. Uh, faster ones respond to lower reps, and slow twitch fibers respond to higher reps. So if we consider the fact that reps can go from 6 to 30 and get a hypertrophic response, why would we sort of um, box ourselves in to one lot of reps, 10 or 12 or 15? So I think that this is obviously dependent on the exercise. Like I would never, ever, ever try and give someone a set of 20 reps on deadlifts, for example. Um, but I absolutely would give a set of 20, 25 and a leg extension. Um, but yeah. What we need to consider is working across a variety of rep ranges to induce a hypertrophic response in these different rep ranges to hit these different muscle twitch fibers. Um, so something that I'm a big fan of. To be honest, for most compounds, now bigger compounds, I generally stay in the sort of 6 to 15 reps. Um, it, for the most part, probably only legs or arms I would go higher than 15. Um, but like, for example, we could take like a, like a barbell squat. Uh, we could look at perhaps getting a nice heavy set of six to eight reps um, right at the bottom end of the rep range. So we're going to get maximal force production. Um, we're going to put a ton of load through the muscles, um, creates a, a good amount of breakdown. Um, and then perhaps we've fatigued ourselves with that. And then we go to a slightly higher rep set, maybe 12 to 15, because that's going to hit the muscles in a, in a sort of, in a different way, higher reps, different touch fibers to hit. Uh, and another reason that I am a fan of differing the rep ranges and not sticking to the same amount of reps is something that's as simple as effort, intensity. So we obviously know that you need to train hard if you want to build muscle. You're going to have to hurt, hurt a little bit. You're going to have to feel a bit of pain. Um, and to me, if you're going all in on a set at 
10 reps, then you shouldn't be able to get it again. Um, so let's say you do a set of 10 and then you try again, maybe you get eight and then maybe you get seven or six or five and then you're not getting it straight away. So to me, if you're working in a, a, a set lot of 10 or, or 12 or 15 or whatever, then you're holding back. You're not training hard if you're able to use the same weight and get the same amount of reps each time. Um, and I don't care what you say. There's, there's nothing that will convince me otherwise. You should not be able to be getting the same amount of uh, reps at the same weight time and time again if you're working hard. Um, so that's another reason. Obviously, fatigue increases uh, and then we can sort of drop the load slightly to get uh, stronger and a higher rep range. Uh, and we need to remember that that is still heavy weight across it. Like just because a set of like 60 kilograms might not be heavy on a squat for six reps, but maybe it's heavy for 15. Uh, and that's that's what we need to consider, um, making sure that the effort is there um, and that the intensity is there to go with it. Um, so that's sort of why we would cover rep ranges and we'd want to differ our rep ranges. Uh, one thing that might be worth noting before we move on is you might ask, well, I've heard of pyramiding up. Like I can do a weight for sort of 15 and I'll do a weight for 12 and then maybe I'll do it for eight and then maybe I'll do it for six. And technically you are doing exactly um, what what I've said, working across a variety of rep ranges. But the argument being that if we know that total load, permitting that the form is accurate uh, and the tensions of the intended muscle group, you're going to be able to shift a lot more load when you're fresh versus after three working sets. Um, so that's the main reason. Uh, and it's just my preferred style of, of programming. No other particular reason. I'm not saying uh, pyramid work doesn't work. That's just how I would do it. Um, and obviously we need to consider volume in regards to that. So again, we need to consider the amount of fatigue that exercise will have in the body. Um, and the harder we train, the faster that fatigue builds up. So if you're training balls to the wall, like imagine, again, I'm going to go back to this, like I'm heavy digging this out, but it's okay. Um, they, these four sets of 12 rep programs, three sets of 10. Imagine you have six or seven exercises, um, like let's say seven exercises uh, and you've got four sets of pop. That's 28 working sets. Um, you can't tell me that if you're going all in on every single set that you're going to be able to handle those um, 28 reps effectively, uh, 28 sets, sorry. Um, so that's what we need to consider there um, is our total um, recoverable amount of volume and our minimal effective volume. So let's say, for example, I always think you're better to make your weight up. Uh, and how you would do that is assuming that your recovery and your nutrition's in check, you would literally track your work and volume. Um, let's just take chest as an example. Um, let's say you've got 10 sets for chest a week um, and you're seeing things growing, you're seeing a response, things are moving in the right direction, then that is a good amount of volume for you to grow on. You wouldn't necessarily need to taper that up for no good reason. Um, you could use volume in line with a sort of gaining phase where the deeper into it you are, the more calories you have available, you could taper up volume then. But if you're growing at 10 reps, why change it? Why go up and down like a yo-yo? Like you want to track this, you want to be doing the same program over time. Uh, now let's say you went down to eight reps, uh, eight sets per week for chest and you stopped seeing growth then maybe that means that 10 sets would be your minimal amount of volume that you need each week for the chest. Um, that's quite a high example. I don't believe that to be true for the slightest. You could go much lower, but just for argument's sake. Um, so then let's say you got to 12 reps, uh, 12 working sets per week for chest and you're still growing, but you find yourself a little bit more fatigued, but you can about handle it. Um, then you know that you can be okay with that. But let's say you go up to 15 sets per week uh, and then you find yourself fucked all the time. You're going into your next chest day. You're still sore. Uh, your recovery so bad that it's impacting your other working volume across the week. Then you know that you've overstepped it on your total recoverable amount of volume. So you'd want to scale that back. Um, so that's why it's super handy to take note of your performance, your volume, how you're feeling, your recovery and 
whatnot because you can you can track these things um, and I think that's something that's really important if you're looking at physique development like you should have a solid understanding of how many sets does it take to grow as a minimum and how much total sets can you handle per body part because that's what you need to consider like different muscle groups will have different responses like let's just say we found out that tens are a minimum effective dose of volume for chest that doesn't mean it'll be the same for back or legs or arms or anything like that so tracking these things um, will, will be super important uh, and then I think that brings us nicely into volume distribution so we've looked at different rep ranges we've looked at uh, total volume now we can look at volume distribution across the week uh, and we can stick with this um, this 10 sets it doesn't have to be chest let's go to legs just to keep it interesting uh, you've got 10 sets of legs across the week now i'm gonna throw a couple of different scenarios at you here um, you could do all 10 in one day but imagine if you did five sets across two days you're going to be able to perform two lots of five sets far more effectively than you are one lot of 10 because fatigue's going to begin to accumulate. Your performance is going to go down. Your ability to shift total load is going to go down. And with that, your ability to contract the muscles. And then we're sort of almost wasting our time, so to speak. Like there becomes a point where just because you're, you're working out doesn't mean you're gaining an appropriate or effective response. Um, so I would always say it's wise to distribute your volume uh, across at least two working days a week. Um, smaller muscle groups can handle a little bit more. Um, like I've um, seen me program three three times for a muscle group across a week, particularly in females. Uh, I think that glutes, legs in general is a really nice one. Uh, females have obviously higher amounts of estrogen within the body, which facilitates a better recovery response. They can handle more volume at a higher rate where they can recover. Um, so it's always better to distribute your volume across the week a little bit more effectively, split it up so that each set counts a little bit more so your effort doesn't dip. Uh, and even then, if you want to go further, let's say you're a female, we know you can handle three leg days a week. We could do four. We wouldn't maybe categorize it as legs, maybe we'd say quads, but you could do four lots of, four sets of quads one day, three sets of quads the next, three sets the next, and that wouldn't be back to back to back in case anyone's wondering, but you'd distribute it across the week, Monday, Wednesday, Saturday or something, for example. Um, so you need to consider how you distribute your volume across the week as well, which is in line with how much effort you want to apply without it slacking off, if that makes sense. And then obviously that leads us into the sort of frequency as well. Like, let's say, I always go back to this example, I read it in like a a bodybuilding article or something years ago um you could train a muscle group once a week 52 weeks in a year so 52 times a year you're going to target your back and you're going to be able to break it down to make it grow but if you did it twice a week you would tackle it 104 times uh, and this is obviously assuming that you've listened to everything on the volume and that you can handle it which which you should be able to but you've got a chance 104 times a year to sort of work that back um so i don't believe in like they, they call it the bro split where it's like i don't know what it is about chest back leg shoulders arms where like you're hitting each muscle group once a week um, that might work at the top level when you don't really need to grow you're just looking to refine so to speak but if you're looking to actually develop um some muscle mass uh, i believe in having a split that's a little bit more appropriate where you can be a little bit more effective with your frequency across the week um so you hit it you recover and then you hit it again and that's where like a push pull legs upper lower split could be handy like in my split like i'm hitting each muscle group twice a week um just because you've got the ability to do that you can recover and absolutely hit that uh twice a week 
Whereas, like I say, if you're doing it once, you might be like shooting yourself in the foot and then you're doing it once a week and you're going to have to do more volume within each session. And if we go back to what I just said about volume distribution, your efforts drop off. Therefore, having two workouts or two times you hit a muscle group each week to divvy up the volume to be able to put more total effort in, uh, it's going to be far more um, appropriate and effective in regards to the response that you're after. Um, so yeah, we've tackled uh, rep ranges, we've tackled total volume, how to distribute it, frequency of volume. Um, now we can maybe look at exercise selection. Um, and this one, um, this one is actually really important. Um, I think it's important that we need to consider two things. You need to be able to enjoy your program. I think that comes first and foremost. Like you could look at what's most optimal and you could run the most optimal program in the world, removing all exercises that you enjoy and you just wouldn't stick to it. So there needs to be the factor of enjoyment, but you also need to have the ability to remove the emotional um, response to an exercise, for lack of a better word. Like you need to not be married to an exercise. Like the amount of guys um, that love bench press and it's shit. Like the bench press is not that good an exercise for building your chest, but they love it. I don't program that for them. And they're like, where's bench press? Where's bench press? And I'm like, fucking, if you want to grow a chest, let's do something better. But if we're being more realistic, guys love to bench press. If I throw another um, exercises for chest that are more effective, be smart about my exercise order as well, it's going to be better. So like we need to take that into consideration. We need to be able to enjoy the programming that we do. But we need to pick exercises that we engage well with, that we can connect with well. Uh, and what does that mean? That simply means that you pick an exercise that you feel the muscle grip working well in and that you can control it uh, and that you're well-tuned in the movement. Uh, let's take two examples. Let's say a dumbbell one-arm row. I'm so a free weight. Um, you need to do it, but you feel it a lot more in your arms. You can't keep your position still. Um, you're rotating at the shoulder. You feel it anywhere other than the back, which is where you're trying to work. Or you could take a unilateral seated row, which is a bit more machine-based. Um, you're more upright, but you're pulling the weight back in towards you. And you feel that a lot more in your back and less in your arms. That would be an example of an exercise that you connect far better with. Similar movement, um, similar sort of response, but you feel one far more than the other. Uh, and that's what you need to be sort of in tune with as you're doing these exercises and you're going through your programs. Asking yourself, right, do I feel the exercise that I'm trying to work? Um, like, for example, um, I I love a barbell squat, but to be honest, I don't feel my legs that much in them. Um, it feels horrendously heavy everywhere, and I get a little bit, but I get far more from a hack squat. Um, but I, I do keep in barbell squat now and then because I enjoy it. Um, so you need to find a line where like your program isn't just full of exercises that you enjoy, but you can't feel, but you have not just removed every exercise you enjoy. Um, there needs to be a sort of fine line. So you're picking these exercises that you respond well to. Um, you need to sort of be able to prioritize them. So guys are a good example. Um, they all want to train their upper chest. Well, no, they don't want to train, but guys need more upper chest because if you just train flat or the sort of the, uh, the lower chest, for lack of a better word, then you're going to look a little bit droopy. You're going to look... Um, droopy pecs um, so it would make sense to prioritize the exercise which is going to sort of work on your weakness which would be the incline bench press dumbbell barbell smith whatever you prefer uh it makes far more sense to do that and then maybe we get a fly in there that targets upper pec and then we go to a bench press because the upper chest has already been fatigued so we can we can look at things like that our exercise selection as well based on our goals girls want to sort of work work the bum, work. So it would make more sense to do a hip thrust near the beginning of a workout versus near the end. 
um, or if they've got really strong quads doing a leg extension later in the workout or, or tweaking sort of foot positionings to like take more pressure off it like looking at an exercise asking yourself how does this line up with what i'm trying to achieve physique wise is it working on something that's a weakness that i need to improve upon am i doing it because i enjoy it can i feel it uh, and just sort of working your program around those variables um is it improving where you need to improve uh do you enjoy it and because again that goes back to if you enjoy it but it's not necessarily working on where you want to improve it just put it a little bit later in the exercise and in the in the, in the workout don't don't prioritize it as a sort of initial primary movement and that can help uh, i'll quite often put bench press a little bit later in guys workouts because they just want to do it yeah they might not be able to shift as much load if they did it fresh but if we're looking at physique development improving how your body looks we need to we need to remember that um You've also got the argument of free weights versus machines. Um, I don't think one's more superior to the other, but I think long gone are the days where we can differentiate the hypertrophic response. Like if we look at it, you need to be able to do sort of maximal load to sort of break down the muscle, place stress upon it, keep tension on it, uh, metabolic stress and, and all that good stuff. Um, and machines do just that. You're looking to create a hypertrophic response in as stable an environment as possible. You need a lot of stability and uh, and machines give you that. So I absolutely think machines um, have a very solid place in your program. And if it's all free weights, dumbbells, barbell, I do feel you're missing a trick. But free weights give you the opportunity to stabilize. Um, they're going to maybe work your core harder in some exercises. You can shift more total load, which is going to have a very good hypertrophic response. Um, so I wouldn't have one without the other, um, but I also wouldn't sort of prioritize one one over the other. Like it's not just all oh, free weights are important. They'll just do a little bit of machines, like treat every exercise seriously um, and, and you'll get the response that you're after. Um, so that's a fair bit to think about. Uh, I've actually got through that in not too bad a time. I thought I'd be rambling for an hour, uh, but hopefully that's sort of giving you an insight into how important these things can be like programming is so much more than just five exercises for three lots of 10 reps like there's a lot of thought that goes into it and it's very it's very individual context content that doesn't make sense it's very contextual to the individual uh, and that's why like yeah you might need a sort of initial generic ish like base plan like if i've got a great upper lower upper lower split for an individual um with no problems as a similar goal um to someone i've already got that program for then why would i change it i'm not going to just change it because it needs to be different like there's a, that's a solid baseline foundation and then you tweak it over time as you learn the response of the body um so that's why you want to track these things and that's why you want to stay on top of it so you can make little tweaks along the way because it doesn't mean you're it's the same as calories like just because you do it for the first time initially it doesn't mean it's going to be right you need to track it you need to tweak and adjust it and you'll find your groove with things eventually uh so yeah we'll we'll leave it there uh, i hope that was of some benefit to you um i will absolutely see you very soon um thank you to those who have listened to the end um and as always anyone that shouts out in the story um i always appreciate it um, the more outreach we have um the bigger audience we can speak to the more people we can help um so I, I always always appreciate that um so we'll leave it there thanks guys catch up soon